Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. Well, this weekend we are continuing our series entitled In This House. And if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to one spot only. And we're going to read one verse because this one verse is so important to our church. I don't want to add any other verses around it to take your focus off of what we're talking about this weekend. If you've got a Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This weekend we're talking about the value of excellence. Excellence and the role that that plays in our church and in the life of our church. And the title of this weekend's message is, We Are Enthusiastic About Excellence. In this house, we are enthusiastic about excellence. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says this, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, you excel in all of these areas. That's the implication we're reading right here. You excel in your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Now, we talked about generosity last week, so I, I don't want you to key back in on generosity. I want you to see that there is a desire for there to be a level of excellence, especially in this area of generosity. That's why it's one of our values. But the, the church there in Corinth was excelling in many other ways. Now, as the church of Jesus Christ, we're called to be a church of excellence. But many people get, get a misunderstanding as it relates to that. They really misunderstand excellence because some of us, we battle something called perfectionism. And so we think that perfectionism is excellence. But I'm going to give you, as we jump into this message, two things that excellence is not. All right? So if you're taking notes and you either struggle with perfectionism, or if you're married to someone who struggles with perfectionism, you need to be writing with both hands, all right? Here are the two things excellence is not. Here's the first thing. It's not perfectionism. Excellence is not perfectionism. Here's a good definition of perfectionism. Perfectionism is a refusal to accept any standard other than perfection. Perfectionism refuses to accept anything other than perfection. Now, to understand the difference between excellence and perfection, here's an easy way to do it. Excellence is unto God. Perfectionism is all about the man or the woman. It's look at me. There are no cracks in my armor. Look at me. I do this better than everybody else. Look at me. I don't have issues. I do things perfectly. And the only time we try and prove to people that we do things perfectly is when we fall asleep at night gripped with the fear that we have far too many imperfections. Excellence is not perfectionism. All right? So when we talk about excellence as a church, we're not saying that everything has to be perfect. I mean, you can see tonight, that's a great example. They, they won't see this on Sunday because we'll make the change, but we tried something new uh, showing a video. It didn't quite work out the way we thought. We're not perfect. We're not trying to be. All right? You sat down. You were all supposed to stand up. You were wrong. <laughs> that was on you, not on us. No, I'm just playing. 
It was something different. But listen, you got to be able to just laugh and go, it is God's heart for his church to be perfect or to be excellent, to be excellent. And by the end of this message, you will understand the beauty of excellence and just how attainable excellence is. And you maybe have never thought about this, but in Christianity and in life, there are really only three gears, all right? There's cold, lukewarm, and hot. And the only time we really get anything done is where, when we're hot. When we're cold, we really don't care about excellence. When we're lukewarm, we're just kind of indifferent about excellence. If we get it, great. If we don't, no big deal. But when we're hot, we feel that we can give all of the effort necessary to deliver excellence. But some people, because they, they are gripped with focusing on their imperfections, they never even try to give God anything excellent because they're afraid they're always going to fall up short. They're going to come short. Excellence is not perfectionism. Here's the second thing. Excellence is not. It is not opulence. Excellence is not opulence. Opulence means great abundance or extravagance. And let me give you kind of my perspective of opulence and excellence. Opulence is overspending with the goal of impressing. You ever met anybody that, that kind of lived that way? Opulence is overspending with the goal of impressing, but excellence is spending wisely with the goal of ministering. Opulence is more about excess than it is really about excellence. Now, I'm gonna give you three things that really answer the million dollar question, what is excellence? If that's what excellence is not, it's not perfectionism and it's not opulence. What is excellence? I'm gonna give you three things, all right? Here's the first one. Excellence is simply good stewardship. Excellence is simply good stewardship. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. If you don't listen to anything else in this message, I want you to listen to this illustration. Do you remember when you were a child and you started coloring in a coloring book? You remember those days? And the first time you attempted to color a picture, you, you, you really didn't understand art at all. Uh, and so you, you took a purple crayon and colored Mickey Mouse's face purple. And you didn't stay in the lines, you just kind of went like this, you know? And then you, you hit his shoes, you painted hot pink, and you, you, not, nothing stayed in the lines. And truth be told, it was a hideous picture. But you were two, and you tried your hardest, and you ripped that page out of that coloring book, and what did you do? You took it to your mom, you took it to your dad, and it was like trumpets were sounding in heaven. Bum, ba, ba, ba. Mom, dad, look at my art. And your parents did an amazing thing. They lied to you. <laughs> they said, this is amazing. But actually, they didn't lie, did they? They were amazed. And what were they amazed by? Not your flawless ability to stay within the lines at two years old. Not your impeccable taste and color choice. 
Your parents were amazed by the effort you put into and the excitement with which you presented your best effort. And what did your parents do? They took that beautiful piece of art and they put it on the refrigerator with a magnet that always fell down every time you open up the fridge, but they put it there where everybody in the house could see it. They put it on display. Why? Because people would pay big money for that? No. But because they saw you give your all. Excellence is more about effort than it is about money. It's about giving our all, not about writing the biggest check to buy the most amazing stuff. Good stewardship is your way of telling God that you can't believe how much he's given you to work with. Bad stewardship is your passive-aggressive way to tell God you're frustrated he hasn't give you as mu- given you as much as you think you deserve. You don't have the car that you want to drive. So what do you do? You treat it like garbage. I'll take care of it when it's a Lexus, God. I'll get it washed when it's this car or that car, but not a 1980 Toyota Corolla with one door that works and 180,000 miles. Mm-mm. I'm not taking care of that car because I deserve better than that. Listen, oftentimes our entitlement gets in the way of us giving God or anyone else excellent things because we sit back and we think, well, it's not worth it yet. This is just something small. Listen, excellence takes care of everything that it has. I remember when I was, I I think it was around uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, it might have been my first year in junior high, uh, tennis shoes were just starting to get, become a big deal. And the new Air Jordans had come out. And these were the Air Jordan 4s, all right? And they were the black with the silver tongue. And I got this pair of shoes, and it was the most amazing thing I had ever received in my entire life to that point, all right? So much so that literally I took these shoes and put them on my nightstand one foot away from my face so that I could fall asleep staring at them. I didn't need to talk to God before I fell asleep. I could talk to my Jordans. Thank you, Jesus, for my shoes. And I literally, I remember one night saying to the Lord, I can't believe these are mine. I had, I had a toothbrush that was just for my Jordans. He just scrub off the dirt. Somebody stepped on them. I would hit you. I took care of these shoes. Why? They were $125. Looking back, are they really that big of a deal? No. But why did I take care of them the way that I did? Because to me, they were incredibly valuable. Listen to me closely. Anytime you see something as valuable, you you will steward it as such. But if anybody in your life wants to see what you value or don't value, they just need to pay attention to how you take care of it. So let me speak to the married people for a second. Your spouse knows just how much you value them by how much you care for them, by how much you go the extra mile for them. Well, Preston, my my spouse knows that I love them. 
Yeah, I know you say that every once in a while. But do you have possessions in your life that you take better care of than you do your own spouse? Listen, excellence is driven to take care of everything it holds to be valuable. That's why we as a church, everything we have, these chairs, you probably look at these chairs and go, no big deal. These are not the nicest chairs I've ever sat in in church. But you weren't here when we first moved into this building and we didn't have more than $800 in our church savings account, couldn't have even afforded 300 of these chairs. And thank God the church that met here before left their chairs that they didn't want anymore so that we could have them because we couldn't buy them. So when we bought these chairs, you might have looked at them and gone, no big deal. I looked at them and went, I can't believe these are ours. Why? Because a steward holds dear all they see as valuable because that's what stewards do. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 tells us what happens with someone who is a steward at this level. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit. And some of us are waiting to start stewarding some of the less valuable things we think we have, but we forget Someone is always watching to see how we steward what is deemed least valuable on the earth to see if we are capable of stewarding what is most valuable on the earth. Daniel had an excellent spirit, and because he had an excellent spirit, and listen, excellence doesn't just take care of expensive stuff. Excellence takes care of cheaper stuff. But Daniel was entrusted with much in the realm of that part of the world because he had an excellent spirit. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Too many people wait to start giving their all until they're standing before kings. But let me just tell you a little secret especially for those of you that are younger. You will never become a fully committed CEO as long as you're content to be a half-hearted busboy. I want to be a CEO one day, Pastor. That's great. What are you doing right now? I serve at a restaurant. If I went to the restaurant, what would they all say about you? Do you give it your all? Are you the best server there? Listen to me closely. As followers of Jesus Christ, shouldn't we be known as people who are really good at what we do? Not because we're better than anybody else, but simply because we try harder than everybody else. Except oftentimes Christians are known for mailing it in more than everybody else. We're not always known for having an excellent spirit. Because one of the biggest enemies in the church today is the spirit of complacency. And the spirit of complacency will always be at war with the spirit of excellence. Daniel had a, a spirit of excellence. We saw what happened to him. Point number one, excellence is simply good stewardship. Point number two, excellence is the polite way to steward something that doesn't belong to you. 
I'm going for the longest point of 2018 right here. Excellence is the polite way to steward something that doesn't belong to you. Can I ask you a question? If you came to me and you said, hey, I'm on rough times and uh, we only have one car as a family, but our car has broken down. I know you have two cars as a family. Can I borrow your truck? Sure, absolutely. You can borrow my truck. You take it for 30 days. You get your car figured out, fixed up, and you bring my truck back to me. Come knock on my front door and you hand me the keys to my truck. Hey, thank you so much. It was such a blessing for us. Really appreciate it. Uh, I filled it up with gas. You're good to go. Great. I'm glad it was a blessing. Because I trust you and I know you, that's great. I don't even go out to my car to make sure you didn't wreck it or anything. I, I just believe the best. That's great. I go out the next morning to go grab my morning coffee and I see that you have left 25 days worth of coffee cups in the back of my truck. I see that you have left 10 bags of chips in in the passenger seat of my car. I see that you left a chocolate bar that has melted onto the leather of my truck. Okay, question. Would any of you ever, after borrowing my truck when you didn't have a car for 30 days, Would any of you ever bring my truck back to me in a worse shape than I gave it to you in? No, of course not. Why? Because it belongs to me. And isn't it funny how we oftentimes take care of things that belong to others far better than we take care of things that belong to us? Have you ever noticed that before? We borrow somebody else's drill. We clean that thing up to give it back to them. Our drill hasn't been cleaned since 1994. Why? Well, because when we borrow something that belongs to someone else, there's just something in us that knows I need to take even better care of this than I take of my own things. Okay, let me read you a verse of scripture and then I want you to think about everything you own a little bit differently. Psalm chapter 24, verse one. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything I own belongs to God. Everything you own belongs to God. It's his. You might call it yours. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, it's his. Everything I have belongs to him. So let me ask you this question. The next time you're cleaning up your house right before company's coming over and you got home late and there's kind of that frantic rush to kind of clean everything up and since there's not enough time, what do we do? We don't vacuum the house. We just sweep it up, find a rug, put it under there, grab everything that's on the ground. Everybody has that one closet in their house that you hide things in and you have like a decade's worth of junk in there but you don't ever go in there because everybody knows once something goes in, it never comes out of that closet, Right? But what if we remembered? Well, that's, that's his house. Would I treat my house differently? I would. If I remembered every day that it was his and not mine, I, I would treat it differently, which means I need to treat it differently. Excellence is simply the polite way to take care of something that doesn't belong to you, something that doesn't belong to me. Here's another way to think about it from a a church perspective. 
Let's say that God handed you his debit card. And he said, I want you to buy some cameras and some screens for the new Tempe campus so that the viewing experience down at the campus is what it needs to be. Here's my card, and I want you to buy what you need to make sure that things go well at that campus. Okay, there are several ways to respond to that reception of God's debit card. The first way to respond is go, ha ha, just won the lottery. Let's just go buy whatever we need. I mean, let's somebody do some research and let's find what the best of the best of the best. Let's fly to Las Vegas, even though we're a tiny little church, and let's go to all the, the places, Sony and everybody that, that sets up shop in Vegas. Let's go try all of their best stuff. Let's see who makes the best LED screens, the best this, the best that. Money is no object because we have God's debit card. He's good for it. Let's just spend it because he got it. You go out, you spend two and a half million dollars on screens, cameras, and man, they're amazing cameras. I mean, amazing. Like so amazing, you can't even work them. You actually have to pay people six figures to work these fancy schmancy cameras. And you get this amazing screen that makes it look like I am in the room because you spent a million and a half dollars on it. Let me just ask you a question. If I stood up in front of the church and said, I have an announcement to make. God handed me his debit card this last week, said that he wanted me to buy some cameras, some screens for Tempe, so that things could go the way they need to go down there, and we spent two and a half million dollars on those several items. How many of you would go, oh, this is amazing? Some of you might. Most of you wouldn't. Why? Because you already know where I'm going. Sure, you could buy that. But here's the big question. Is the million dollar camera 20 times better than the $50,000 camera? Or the million dollar screen 20 times better than the $50,000 screen? I know for some of you those are real big numbers. I'm just using those as examples. Here's what excellence does. Excellence finds the best bang for the buck so that people think you spent more than you actually did. That's what excellence does. You know one of the best compliments that someone could give you related to your house, the way you have designed it and set it all up, is when they come in and they, they throw out a number and say, man, this furniture must have cost you X amount of dollars and it's 10 times more than you actually spent. What are they saying? They're not saying, wow, you must be loaded. They're saying, wow, you have excellent taste. Excellence is not about how much something costs. It's about finding the best bang for the buck. And why do we do that here at Gateway Church? There's a very simple answer. Because every dollar in Gateway Church's bank account does not belong to Gateway Church. It belongs to the God of the universe. That's his money. It's not mine and it's not ours. It's his. And one day we're going to stand and account for all of it. All of it. So I don't want to overspend. 
Yeah. Could, could we have gotten theater chairs in here that were four inches wider so some of you could have a little more arm room? And velvet seats that just felt, I mean, like chocolate on your back. Sure, we could have bought $800 seats. But you know what? These $25 chairs are pretty awesome if you ask me. Because how many of you during worship or as you're sitting in a message ever have the thought, I wonder how much these chairs cost? So why would we overspend on something that you're not even really going to pay that much attention to? Do you see what I'm saying? It's all his. So we're trying to find that line of excellence. Because excellence is just a polite way to take care of something that belongs to someone else. It's all his. That leads to point number three. Excellence is what you give someone you love. Excellence is what you give someone you love. I just turned 40 this last week. I know, I look like I just turned 30. Except for this part right here. Holly and I, all I wanted for my birthday, uh, her love language involves crashing waves and sand beneath her feet, and my love language involves whatever her love language is. And so we spent five days uh, on a beach doing absolutely nothing. I fell asleep four times on my birthday, the waves were crashing. It was fantastic. I mean, how many of you know, as you get older, when someone says, hey, what do you want for your birthday? If, if you're really a wise person, you go, a nap. I, I mean, I, I just want to do nothing, you know? I, I don't need gifts. I, no one needs to write me a card. Just let me take a nap or two. Four naps. I mean, the Jolly Roger SS napper was in full effect, all right? And we went to... A, a resort that was all-inclusive and so they had restaurants and things it was it was wonderful and my wife was trying because it was my 40th birthday to try and make it a special week and so she had different outfits for each restaurant that we were going to that were very special and, and she looked gorgeous at every uh, place that we went and it, it was just very very special and one thing you need to know about my wife is she came out of the womb in lululemon leggings okay <laughs> She loved, that's, uh, how many women, come on, be honest, you, you love the, yeah, okay, some of you are like, it's church, I, I only wear dresses, I only wear dresses. You know, I'm talking to you if you have a religious spirit, it's okay, we're going to have altar ministry at the end of the service. But my wife took extra time to make sure that each dinner that we had, she looked amazing. And I said something to her at the end of the week. I said, babe, you, you know, my favorite thing about this week, it wasn't the individual dresses that you wore or any of that. You know what my favorite thing was? It was just the effort. The amount of the dress is not what is attractive to me. The effort is what's so beautiful. Nothing is more beautiful than when someone gives their all to show you how much they love you. I want you to remember that as we read the words of Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 22, verse 35. Someone says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? 
Jesus replies, you want to know? Here's the most important of all of them. This is the most important. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus says, here it is. This is the most important thing. Love God with all of yourself. Never show up to a Valentine's dinner with God in your sloppy sweats. Well, Preston, it's not about what I look like. You're right, but it is about your effort. It is about my effort. Jesus says, he doesn't just say, well, love God. What does he say? In three different ways. He says, love God with all of yourself, all of yourself. Bring all of yourself to the table when you come to say, I love you to the Father. I saw it in action this week. My wife curled her hair for every dinner. I know she's serious when she's curling her hair every time because I've heard that girl say, my hair looks its best when I curl it. I don't even remember what her hair looked like every night. But you know what I do remember? Watching her spend 30 minutes each night getting ready, doing her hair, putting all of herself into making one statement. Baby, I love you more than anybody on this planet. And I'm gonna bring all of me to the table. It's not just words. And it's not just looks. I'm going to show you by effort. Jesus says, here's the most important thing. Love God with all of yourself. Don't ever let yourself get complacent in the love department when it comes to your relationship with the Father. Because when you love someone, you put all of yourself into showing them. I remember when we were about to move into this building, the way we got into this building. You see it as it is now. But before we got to this state uh, in this building, uh, it was pretty bad. And we spent the first 21 months of our church's history down in the Performing Arts Center of Scottsdale, a beautiful building, 850 seat slope seat auditorium, a gorgeous facility. And I remember the day when the Lord put this building on our radar and he said, Preston, remember how I told you several years ago that I choose the place where my name will be worshiped in the city to be the Performing Arts Center? I said, yes, Lord, I remember where I was. I remember the passage. He said, well, now I choose here. And here was my response to the Lord. No way. There is no way. We can't move that many miles up north to go backwards that many steps, God. I mean, I didn't want to move into the Performing Arts Center in the beginning, but you picked it. But now that we've been there, we can't go this far backwards. People will leave the church. Lord, it's a rat's nest. Have you even, it's obvious you haven't even set foot in that place in a year or two, God. It's awful. It's embarrassing. There's no way. He said, Preston, I choose right here. 
this is the spot. This is where I want you to go next. I kept going back and forth for a couple weeks. No way, God, this is embarrassing. Preston, I choose right here. And I remember the day when I felt the Lord say the following. Preston, what is it about that building that you think is so terrible? I said, well, Lord, look at it. It's hideous. The, the, the walls are disgusting. There, there's junk all over them. There's wires hanging out of every ceiling in every room. It's just disgusting. It looks like there's blood at the altar. I mean, I get the symbolism, but let's not be that literal. There's no way, God. The look of the building is hideous. And I'll never forget what he said after I said that. He said, son, I think you've begun to put too much stock in what things look like with your eyes open. But I'm going to teach you a lesson. Because I have called you to lead a church that is more beautiful with its eyes closed than it will ever be with its eyes open, no matter how beautiful it gets down the road. And then he got firm with me. He said, Preston, I put my son in a manger. And if that manger was good enough for him, this building is good enough for me. And I said, okay. Clearly I don't get it. Because I wouldn't be caught dead in that building. <laughs> and I felt the Lord say, don't you understand that's part of me bringing you to this building? There's some things that need to die in you. Son, excellence isn't always about what people can see when their eyes are open. I'm going to teach you. Nothing is better than when people trust you with their eyes closed. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.